Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Good morning on a Thursday morning. Mike McNamara with you. Uh, pretty amazing day yesterday. But got to tell you, not surprising. I think if you've listened to us talk about uh, what we've seen in the nation um, over the course of the last year, um, I think you would find that what you saw yesterday was relatively predictable. Sad, certainly, but relatively predictable. And um, so the Mensa brothers will join me here in a, about 13 minutes. The um, <clears throat> And we'll talk about it. But one of the things we, we've talked about is the disconnect that exists in our country today. And you have... You know, we use the word leadership, but it means something completely different to us than it does to other people. You know, to to us it means, you know, selfless devotion to something greater, to people, and things like that. And to to politicians, leadership is 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 done in the context of what gets you reelected. All right, and so. Um, so that's what leadership is to them. Well, that's not le- that's not leadership, at least by our definition. So the um, so we have a leadership problem in the country, and it's been going on for you know for a long time, and it's in my opinion it's most evidenced by the fact that you can't cooperate and do anything bipartisan anymore. Because you'll face a challenger from your own party as an incumbent in your primary. So we don't compromise. Well, the lubricant of democracy is compromise. So 
We don't have people that will do that anymore. So what happens is when you when you won't compromise, that means the moderate Republicans and the moderate Democrats, right? The moderate Republicans, and then let's just say the more conservative Democrats, you know, the moderate to conservative Democrats, they form the majority of what's in Congress. Well, when you can't work together because that line's there, all you do is empower the, the nut jobs on the fringes. There you go. And that gets you AOC and the rest of them. We have media that isn't interested in telling the truth, and they constantly feed it to the American people. Whatever's the hottest, whatever's the fucking craziest, that's what goes up. Does it matter if it's true? Not so much, right? And that, and we all get a daily stream of that. Big tech and big social media, they've taken a side in all this to be independent, to not have a side, blah, blah. That's not them. The last year, we've lived through this pandemic and the economic fallout, which has raised the level of anger in the country. And then we watched a summer of rioting that was allowed to take place, that was understood by leaders. You had the Speaker of the House say they will do what they will do. She's never come out and, and condemned the violence that plagued cities across the nation. Chuck Schumer ever do that? No. That was like somehow or other justified, right? The craziness that's gone on in Portland night after night. The shit in Seattle. That was all going to be a love fest. It was going to be a local street party. It wasn't somebody taking over somebody's place to live. And we all watched that. And then with the election, there's a good, there's a fair number of people in this country who don't believe it was fair. So that's kind of the disconnect. The rhetoric? Yesterday, the president was brutal. I mean, he's, I will tell you this, Donald Trump's an asshole. And, and I think everybody knows it. His policies, you know, con- confronting China, both economic and military, absolutely. Confronting Iran? Absolutely. Putting NATO on the blast? Did you got to do your fair share? Absolutely. Deregulating the economy? Absolutely. Being for Americans? Absolutely. Somebody has to be because they've been sold. The, our middle class has been sold down the river. In the name of free trade, to quote, to quote Orrin Hatch. Free trade. That's a, that's, a, that's a, what, $350 billion trade imbalance we have with China? That's free trade. And we can't sell into them. Okay, so yesterday, you know, the president, in spite of his policies, which which I support, I mean, was straight up horrible what he did yesterday. He incited that thing yesterday. And so now you hear the rhetoric of totally unacceptable, throw the book at them. Okay. And yet we didn't. Nobody, I don't recall anybody saying that during the, during the summer riots, burning down city, burning down uh, business centers, looting on a nightly basis. I didn't see that. You know, and if anything, in, in some of these cities, you've had just mass dismissals of all these, of all these charges. Nobody said throw the book at them. 
So that's the rhetoric, and you're going to hear more of it. This was totally acceptable, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Well, wait a minute. We watched it all summer, and it was acceptable. So somebody fucking explain that to me. And for people that are conservatives, yesterday, they watched for four years as the mainstream media went after the guy that they elected. The whole Russia collusion bullshit. They watched that. Turns out, there is no there there. And they're fucking pissed now. Now, I want to talk about violence in, in, in our streets. Violence is never the solution, right? Well, wait a minute. The whole Black Lives Matter thing, they made it work. We had politicians and police chiefs kneeling in the streets. What, begging for peace? The media glorified that shit as we watched violence get them what they wanted. Defund the police. Yeah. Big tech, social media, they supported it. And we all watched it. And so what was the conclusion? That violence doesn't work? No. Violence does work. Everybody watched it. That was the takeaway. Violence works. And that brings us to yesterday. I don't know who's in charge of intel, right, for the congressional, you know, law enforcement establishment who reports only to Congress and nobody else, okay? But whoever that is needs to go the fuck away. If you paid at all attention to the chatter on social media, you knew that this was going to be an unhinged event, okay? With a lot of people believing that Mike Mike Pence was going to overturn, he was going to universal, unilaterally overturn the results of the election. Okay, and again, that is fueled. If you've watched the, the the documentary, the social dilemma, that is fueled by those big social media companies, because when you start clicking on those to read and watch those those uh, those videos and and read things. They feed you hotter and hotter and hotter content. Why? To monetize your data, blah, blah, fucking blah. It's a for-profit event. Right? And, and again, the example I use is Kyrie Irving, basketball player, said like very publicly that the earth was flat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you can look it up. And then later on he said, yeah... I went down kind of a YouTube rabbit hole. But that's, I mean, to me, it's prototypical. So you're looking for content and they feed you crazier and crazier and crazier and crazier. And if you don't believe me, just, you know, just just search something like, you know, the Holocaust didn't exist and watch what you get. The Holocaust did not happen. Sandy Hook was was fake. And just look at all the content that's allowed to be up there in the name of profitability. So anyway, anybody who, who, who is collecting at all any intel knows that there's going to be those crazies. What else have we learned about riots in uh, this past year? That there's people, Antifa, that will use those events 
to go do their own shit. There was pipe bombs. No shit pipe bombs discovered um, in front of the RNC and the DNC buildings yesterday in Washington, D.C. No shit legitimate pipe bombs. Well, wait a minute. If it was a, if it was a conservative thing, would there just have been a pipe bomb outside the Democratic thing? Why'd they put a pipe bomb in front of the Republican thing? Oh, maybe there were other elements in there. So, you know, so the Intel people who get their little Ouija boards out, I mean, what the fuck, man? You're not paying attention? On the op side, we're watching this thing. We come to the to the meeting last week to plan for this event. All right, so what are we hearing on the chatter? Well, we're hearing the typical crazy shit, blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's... So who's going to reinforce Capitol Police? Oh, well, we could call on the National Guard. Well, okay, let's do the time space. Who are we going to call on and what is their response time? Oh, well, their response time is going to be hours. So who comes? Nobody? Oh, yeah, well, we don't. And that's what they implemented. The day after, there's 6,000 National Guards have been on standby in four states. Congratulations. Well done. Way to fuck that one up. So what happened yesterday um, to me, and and here's the bad news I would deliver to you this morning. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. There's all kinds of people around this country that were inspired by yesterday. And there's all kinds of people, right? There's all kinds of people that are... um, that are not well in the head. They're angry. Okay? They're angry. And um, emblematic of that is a, is a Marine officer. And I want to play the audio one more time. And his name is Carlos Zapata. Okay? And so I just want you, this this audio is a couple minutes. And he went down to speak to the Shasta County Commission. Okay, I didn't know he was a Marine officer. And then I went looking for him. And it says, on Facebook, it says, you have two mutual friends. I was like, what? So here he is. This is emblematic of the anger, okay? Zapata, um, I wasn't going to speak. I was asked to speak here, you know, uh, Sheriff Garcia. Um, I'm telling you guys, you know, I'm pretty appalled at what's going on. You know, at first we sat as concerned citizens that we all want to figure out how to best navigate our way through this whole COVID thing, you know. And uh, as, as we realized that it's not quite as dangerous as we thought it'd be, you know, I was absolutely appalled at the cowardice, you know. And as you're sitting there with your masks on, uh, I don't blame you for wearing masks because I'd be hiding my face too if I was you for what you're doing. It's absolutely horrendous what you're doing to these people. I'm a business owner. Now, I want you to listen to the anger. He's a business owner. Business owner. And, uh, and I'm telling you, our families are starving. You know, you guys can sit here with your jobs. You can sit here and you're going to get paid. You can fall asleep in your chair like that gentleman's doing behind his mask right there. Okay? Uh, and I'm telling you right now that right now we're being peaceful. And, and you better be happy that we're, we're good citizens, that we're peaceful citizens. But it's not going to be peaceful much longer. Okay? And this isn't a threat. I'm not a criminal. I've never been a criminal. But I'm telling you that good citizens are going to turn into real concerned and revolutionary citizens real soon. And nobody else is going to say that. I'm probably the only person that has a ball to say what I'm saying right now. That we're building, we're organizing, and we'll work with law enforcement or without law enforcement. But you won't stop us when time comes because our families are starving. 
And if you don't hear the seriousness of my voice, I hope you open your ears and you absolutely listen to what I'm saying. Because this is a warning for what's coming. It's not going to be peaceful much longer. It's not going to be rah-rah. It's not going to be speeches. It's not going to be gathering outside saying a Pledge of Allegiance. It's not going to be waving flags. It's going to be real. When you've seen the things that I've seen, I went to war for this country. I've seen the ugliest, dirtiest part of humanity. I've been in combat, and I never want to go back again. But I'm telling you what, I will to save this country. If it has to be against our own citizens, it will happen. And there's a million people like me, and you won't stop us. Open the county. Let our citizens do what they need to do. Let owners of businesses do what they need to do to feed their families. Take the masks off. Quit masking and muzzling your children. The psychological damage you're doing to them is horrible. I've had six friends kill themselves since it's happened. Veterans who lost their jobs. How do you feel about being complicit in perpetuating that? The greatest hoax ever perpetuated on the American people. And you're a part of it by wearing your masks. In Shasta County, we're supposed to be red country up here. Not blue country, we're red country up here. You guys know that. I don't, you claim to be conservatives, maybe you're not, maybe you're liberals, I don't know. But by God, we're Americans, and remember that. Take your masks off, quit muzzling yourselves. Join us, fight with us against what's going on in Sacramento. It's a travesty. Thanks. So, and I play that because that's the anger that's out there. And it's going to get worse. People that have worked their whole lives to build businesses, have watched them be shuttered if you're a restaurant owner, a bar owner, or any other business that that you've been put out of business. Everything you worked for, your business is gone now, right? Maybe your house, probably your life savings. What are you going to do, be homeless? And, And is everybody of sound mind in that group? No. And how many does it take you know, how many did it take to, to overrun the Capitol Police yesterday? A few hundred? It wasn't many. So the sad message I have today is that it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And so um, yesterday, in my opinion, was predictable. And uh, And so, uh, so let me get the uh, let me get the Mensa brothers on, and uh, and we'll talk to them about it. But I just think, uh, you know, what we've seen and what we've talked about, you know, on this program relative to leadership in the country, right, is what we saw yesterday, and that is, um, you know, doesn't exist. You know, we talk about leadership and we have people in Washington, D.C. that have been there for decades that, that they don't even, they couldn't find it, right? It's like they couldn't find their ass in a dark room. They couldn't find what it is to be a leader, right, uh, in their life. They just don't see it. It's leadership through the lens of, of politics, which is bullshit. And the nation is seething. Donald Trump's election was was a measure of that. But they don't get it. And now violence isn't the answer, right? Except we've all watched it all summer be the answers. Politicians kneeling. It being allowed to go on night after night after night and nobody fucking getting punished. But violence isn't the answer? Bullshit, man. If I'm pissed and I watch what's happened to this country all summer long, it is the answer. It works. And I watched it. Joining me from New York is uh, Will Costantini. Will, how are you? 
I'm good, thanks, Mac. All right. And uh, from McAllen, Texas, Tim Lynch. Tim, how are you? Doing fine, Mac. How are you? I'm all right. And uh, from Southern California, not too far from me, Jeff Kenny. Jeff, how are you? Good. Good to go, Mac. All right. Um, Will, start with you. Thoughts on yesterday? Uh, yeah, it was a pretty shitty riot. Um, you know, I didn't see any cars burned. I didn't see any buildings burned. Um, as riots go, it was pretty, uh, it was mostly peaceful. Um, and as you said, it was, it was a hundred percent predictable. Um, and I was actually really busy, uh, taking care of family business yesterday. So I didn't see much. Uh, I think, uh, the Republican leadership is uh, teetering on the brink. Um, uh, they did nothing for the last year against real violence, and they've gone crazy on this. And uh, we're right in there somewhere. Uh, the Athenians at one point had the Spartans pretty much on their knees. And instead of reaching out to come to an equitable peace, they humiliated them and overreached. And eventually the Spartans won the war. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, what the leadership or the party that's that has complete power in the government does now. Because if they don't reach out... Um, Yesterday, on a, on a riot scale of 1 to 100, was maybe a 15. Wait till we see a 90 with people with guns. Um, yeah, 100% predictable. Well within the range of what we've talked about here. And uh, I, I've seen very little reasonable, thoughtful reaction to it. Right. Right. Tim, your thoughts? I think this is the worst way uh, uh, President Trump's um, uh, time in office could have possibly ended. It, it's a it's an unmitigated disaster because it doesn't matter as you compare the different standards applied to covering protesters throughout the summer. We could talk about that, the unfairness. We could talk about the fact that uh, that woman, that female Air Force, uh, retired Air Force or former Air Force uh, um, airman, was, was gunned down when she was in no position to threaten anybody. She wasn't even through a door. She was just banging on a window. Had that happened to a BLM protester, the entire country would be in, in, in a burning down right now, right in front of our eyes. And we all know this, yet the press is spinning this as if this is uh, unprecedented right-wing violence and this is the most horrible thing and we'll never be able to heal. And you cannot defend the crowd that stormed the Capitol. I don't defend that. What I find interesting is BLM and those guys never stormed the Capitol because there was no damn way they're going to get near the Capitol. How the hell did this did this uh, group of a few hundred agitators get into the Capitol? That's ridiculous. I've, I've watched them lock down D.C. before. Locking down the Capitol is step one. So that's a bit suspicious. And even if it was a natural occurrence, they just got overwhelmed. All these facts that we're seeing are not explained by the media narrative. We know that we're getting screwed. And, and, and there's a significant amount of what the hell are we going to do about it? And I don't have any answers, but I feel like you do, Mac. I, I, think, I, I, don't, I think when it blows, it's going to be rather severe. And, and it's going to be some body stacking up. Because when we start using weapons, it's not like it's our uh, first time. All right. 
Jeff? Well, um, I kind of disagree with Tim on the, uh, you know, that we always lose these things. You know, no matter what happened at the at President Trump's demonstration yesterday, this would be we would be condemned afterwards. The people who were there would be condemned. And uh, as Will pointed out, it's pretty fl- pretty flaccid riot. And as Tim pointed out, the only death really, I mean, there's three other deaths that were you know medical emergencies that happened. Those old Trumpers having heart attacks and shit. But uh, you know what? Some jittery cop popped a round off into a, a, a you know basically a non-threatening. A person's neck, you know, and killed them. And so I think no matter what we do, no matter what we do, they're going to treat us this way. Because like you said in your little monologue in the beginning, they don't get what's going on. They think, I listen to, uh, you know, the turtle there, you know, Mitch McConnell spew his bullshit about, uh, you know, they did not succeed. We won and all this. As if somehow this like uh, 200, 250 people that actually, you know, did the damage such as it was, you know, uh, were like, they're the enemy, you know. Hey, buddy, I'll tell you what, what they are, they're the ones with with the most balls and the least brains, all those demonstrators. And they push, unless, you know, it was, I hear you know, uh, people saying, oh, there was, it was Antifa disguised as Trump voter. I'll tell you right now, I, I've been waiting for the uh, complacency to kind of get shrugged off. All the, uh, you know, all the ridiculousness of the last four years, you know, culminating with the election, which, I mean, even if it's not an obvious fraud, there's tremendous amounts of evidence. There's 10 times more evidence of that fraud than there was of a Russian collusion or, you know, Trump, uh, making a, you know, a, a threatening phone call to the president of Ukraine, all this stuff, you know, and, and uh, it's all that stuff is treated with veneration. You know, oh, we've got Robert Mueller, you know, former Marine, former FBI, you know, uh, honcho and all this stuff. And uh, all of it was baloney. And when it gets uncovered, there's just nothing but silence and silence and silence from the Republicans who we elected in, including this time. You got some of these guys, you know, they're all they're all stepping all over each other to condemn the violence you know i say hey you know what you know um it don't bother me that much to me it wasn't that bad and uh, and especially the sacred uh, you know congress congressional building there well i mean nancy pelosi herself said you know i don't care too much about demonstrators people about uh, you know statues being torn down people do what people do and mitch mcconnell said I don't really care about the names of these bases, you know, named after these these former military people. You know, I don't really care about that. Well, guess what? I guess a bunch of people don't really venerate the places where you guys rub your asses every day. So there. Where does this? Uh, where does this? First of all, let's talk, let's just talk about the operations things people saw yesterday. Um, the intel assessment. Did, did you have to be a a Mensa brother or sister to figure out that in this kind of gathering with Congress meeting in a joint session, the president out there, that it had the potential? And then to include whether it was actually Antifa or not, um, I don't know. But you saw some stuff that was a little bit advanced for you know, people protesting, you know, the way they use those bike racks uh, to, to scale, you know, the, the, I don't, what is it, the North Wall, you know, yeah. and get up on there. Um, that was like advanced protesting, the pipe bombs in front of the RNC and the DNC. But I don't think so, whether they were actually there or not, I, I don't think that it's a reach to say 
there may be infiltrators that are just yeah. looking to cause trouble. Maybe. I think that's reasonable. And then as the ops guy is sitting in there and say, okay, so who's going to be in a position to reinforce? Well, you know, we could call out the, the guard. Well, we all know it's going to take hours for them to show up to, to their place, get moved, get staged, get briefed, and then to move in. That's going to be, what, six hours before that happens? Yeah. And they, so, I mean, on the operations side of it, you're just looking at it and like, what the fuck were they thinking about, Will? Yeah, yeah. and I you mean, know, Max Mauser, yeah, Mauser alerted the National Guard yes day before yesterday, though the day before. So I mean, I don't know. They might have been a little bit more prepared than, as you rightly point out, they usually are. Yeah. Well, so what is what is prepared mean? Does that mean you're QRF like in Iraq or Afghanistan, where your shits yeah. on the vehicles and, and you're and you're sleeping, you know, within fifty meters right. of the vehicles? Right. To, to, cause yeah, that, I don't know. That was our criteria for a QRF. That's what you right. had to fucking do. So I, I, I doubt get, it. Right. So I I, so we're talking hours. Go ahead, Will. Yeah. I, I just uh, in in part of this is. Uh, the result of the destruction of the truth all summer. Peaceful protest, peaceful protest, peaceful protest, peaceful protest. Okay, we're going to flip the narrative. And now, prior to a protest, we're going to have, uh, you know, massive show of force in place. So the narrative ended up getting spun to a point where it fucked them. Uh and, and, you know, of interest, uh, I think there's been two Make America Great sort of rallies um, in the last, since Election Day in D.C. And it's been obvious that the violence instigated there was done by uh, outside agitators, not, not from inside, but people that counter-protested. Right. Uh, but that's not what actually appeared in the news. And so when you destroy the truth, it, it, it's not consequence free. Right. I mean, you're, that's yeah, a very good point. Hold on, Jeff. Hold on, Jeff. Okay. Go ahead, Will. Yeah. And so th there you are. Uh, and of course, everyone blames the president as opposed to blames the people who constructed that narrative who led to this place. Well, no doubt, it's a toxic cocktail. Timmy, your thoughts on on the on, I, I'm, I'm talking about the intel, the op side of it. Any thoughts on that? I I I hate to sound like the tinfoil hat guy, but when you have the Capitol that lightly defended, there's got to be a purpose behind it. You're dealing with a crowd. Crowds have no crowds are crowds. They don't. They're not constituent. They're not. They're not made up of individuals making their own decisions. Crowds get a mind of their own, and they get weird. And if they're allowed, they're going to go where the least resistance allows them to go. And the least resistance in that area was the Capitol. And I've been there during gigantic protests, and I've watched how they've locked down the Capitol. And and so I I'm left to I'm left I am left to assume that the Capitol was left undefended for a reason. And that, and that reason played out exactly as somebody. So wait a minute, I wait a minute, wait a minute. You're chartering the black helicopter, saying yep. that it was lightly defended because people knew this was going to happen in order to make the president look bad. No, no, not new, not new. But could have, could have, could have assumed the crowd is going to flow wherever the least amount of friction to its flow goes. Like this is just this is basic crowd psychology. They use those barricades to funnel you in the in the in before into a dead end canyon. Before you never could get near the Capitol. 
But now these things were wide open with one string of barricade around the sidewalk. Get the fuck out of here. They don't, e they don't even do that for an inauguration. They've got better security than that. What am I left to conclude? I don't like doing this, but I know I'm not going to get the truth from the mainstream media. I know I'm not going to get the truth from the FBI. I know I'm not going to get the truth from the, the Bo Jiden administration. I've got to make my own conclusions. And my conclusions is this stinks. And there's nothing we can do about it because to, to complain makes you a Nazi. Oh, you're on the side of those protesters that, that stormed the Capitol. We, we, we're, we have, we've, we're going to be painted with that, with that same brush. And, and so people who have legitimate grievances all summer long, we heard they had legitimate grievances. We've got to let them air these grievances out in public. They've got legitimate, we've got some legitimate grievances, but any kind of attempt to air those out will be met by censure and being banned from social media. And, uh, and we're going to become pariahs and we don't do pariahs. Well, we got a lot of fucking guns. We're not, we're, we're, we get in a foul mood and we're not going to take a whole lot of this. We're, we're not natural born pariahs, but that's what we are now. It seems to me. All right. Jeff. Well, I mean, you're, we're painted with a bad brush, but I mean, what's the, the audience is gone. You know I mean? Uh, either you're, either you're with us or you're against us. There's no way that, you know, there's no audience of people who can be swayed either way sitting out there like you're used to be, you know, a bunch of people sitting there smoking their pipes, looking at the TV. Hey, Mabel, look at, I used to be for this Trump guy, but now I'm not because, you know, look, they, uh, they busted into the Capitol. That just, that's just not kosher. That, those guys, that guy's gone. He's gone. He's on one side or the other now. And there's no amount of convincing they're going to change anything. We're like real close to a dangerous precipice. And what does people, what do people do when you show up? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Talk to me about, uh, and we'll get to all this, but talk yeah. to me about the Intel Ops thing. Your thoughts on that. Do you have any? The intel ops, you mean like... Uh, yeah, as they're, as, as, like as they're sitting down and planning this thing, listening to the chatter and the ops side. All right, um, that's, a good, that's a good question, okay? So I now we're all glued to the news, all of us. I right. mean, uh, I'm always... I'm going from as much as I can stand it without my gorge rising, you know, like uh, MSNBC and even oh, Fox right. News now, you know. And then I go back to... I go to like uh, Breitbart and stuff, and I'm always looking. And I'm looking for people sending out the, you know, uh, text to me, you know, and like little vignettes, like, like you guys do, you know, little articles and stuff. And so I heard that, that Bowser, the erstwhile mayor, former nuclear physicist, you know, uh, of, uh, of Washington, she was starting to, uh, you know, uh, talk about this rally a couple of days before it actually happened saying, you know, there's, this is going to be a lot, uh, there's a lot more danger here in this one. She made moves, to get the National Guard ready, and she didn't even call them out when they burned the church across the street from the White House. So, I, you know, what Timmy says, I don't think is without merit. That's a possibility. And they're not talking, you know. Sooner or later, somebody always spills. I mean, you know, I, I'm getting all these uh, these things, like from my son who lives in South Carolina, saying, uh, you know, where they got uh, a witness saying, hey, there's here's a, here's a, you know, a, a film clip of Trump people while they're storming the uh, the second floor, you know, using the scaffolding to get into the thing, they're like, hey, those are Antifa people. They're yelling. That's Antifa. That's not us. You know, and I heard it, you know, on this thing, but I don't know how how many folks were talking about there. So do I believe, you know, that uh, they're constantly trying to, uh, you know, trying to push propaganda? I mean, they're like Dr. Goebbels without the limp. They'll do anything. That's my thoughts on the, uh, you know, their intel ops. Yeah. They're there. 
No. No, no I mean, it's, it's, uh, that place is easily locked down as a matter of course. So, I mean, I, you know, that's the question. Is it, was it simply incompetence or, you know, are we going to, are we going to charter the black helicopter with Timmy and say, oh no, right? It was done for a reason. Can and, I, can I make one more sure, observation? Sure. The last time the uh, protesters uh, stormed the Senate uh, in those buildings, the last time that happened was, I do believe, what, what, the the Women's March. It was the it was Brett it was the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. That's the last time this happened, right? Now nobody anticipated a bunch of people erupting from the viewing gallery and start to heckle this this kind of guy. But back when that when those hearings were disrupted and the women were being completely out of control and invading the Capitol, if you will, the MSM was 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 all about there cheering them on, talking about it. This is an extraordinary moment when we're confronting the senators over things that are important to us. I I, I just wanted to point that out. The, the Senate's been stormed before but always it seemed on the side of, of another party than anyone I'd want to vote for. The, um, all right, next thing, violence. It it's, it's, uh, should be universally renounced, um, but everybody who watched over the course of the summer saw that it works. Saw, saw police chiefs kneeling in the streets with people that, that had been uh, part of rioting and looting. Um, they saw um, people get, you know, essentially get what they wanted if you, if you begin to burn down parts of a city. Uh, well, uh, violence. Uh, the takeaway by people who sat and watched it all summer long is that, you know, violence is universally condemned. And again, the second time uh, Nancy Pelosi has been quoted on the program this morning, they will do what they will do. Right. And so yeah, you listen, never you listen. never heard her at once say and Chuck Schumer universally condemn the violence. It was used for political gain. Your thoughts. Yeah. And and Mac. No one should take me wrong. I mean, things happened yesterday. Yesterday was not violent. How many cops were injured yesterday compared to how many cops were injured in riots in Portland, Seattle, Minneapolis, New York City, Washington, D.C. Cops were injured by the dozens in those places. How many cars were burned? How many buildings were burned? How many places were looted? How many people were beaten senseless and in the hospital? Yesterday was dramatic, crazy dramatic. But the most violent thing I saw what, I saw three violent things. People smashing in a window to get into the Capitol. People at the barricades fighting with the police with their hands, not with weapons, like they did in Seattle and Portland. And then people, I think, in the rotunda, again, right. fighting with police with their hands. That's not violent. Comparative on the scale of violence, right? Uh, close with and destroy the enemies, 100 uh the, the riots over the summer were, I don't know, 50, 60, 70. The, the, the thing yesterday was a 10. And these people are going ballistic now that this was violence. Again, that's narrative. Yeah. This was, this was not a violent day. Stand by when these people awaken truly and get violent. And 
if there's an overreaction to yesterday, which there's already been an overreaction by politicians and narrative, the next time people are really going to think through and plan and plot. And then there's real violence. So, uh, yeah, I blame this completely on the narrative that occurred all summer. And you don't need a PhD to go back and pull quotes from everyone in establishment media uh, and left-wing politicians to see that they poo-pooed the idea of real violence. No, well, and and also of consequences for anybody who was caught looting. I mean, there was like I, I want to say Portland dismissed all kinds of looting charges. Yeah, and, and what, I, I don't right? think one percent of right. those people have been prosecuted. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. And if so, the, if yeah. that if that's your standard of conduct, right? If that's your standard, Timmy, your thoughts on the violence? The the um. I, Nobody condones violence. Uh, I I I didn't. I gotta agree with Will, and I actually hadn't thought about it in the way that he just presented it. But you're absolutely right. We, our side guys, I guess we could call them that. We're, we're not we're not violent, but I've got I've 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 got a, the the what what bothers me more than anything else. A quick observation. Do you, you know the leaders in our Congress are older than the Soviet Polterboro guys. Remember how the big joke about Polterboro guys? That's true. How, how they stayed in office forever and never lost. We have politicians, yeah. We have politicians who have stayed in office forever and never lose. They're, they're like the Polterboro. That's weird. And at the same time, we've got a, an entire narrative, like what was just saying, who are not trying to convince or inform us. They're humiliating us. That's Their sole purpose is to humiliate us, not to inform, not to convert, just to use Again, the, the the narrative versus reality. We'll just describe the reality of the summer riots. Nobody seemed to be too excited about them. Now we have one one over uh, on the 6th, and Trump is inciting this, and we're going to remove him from office yet again. You can't miss – there's no missing the divergence here. There's no missing the, the where the bias is. And what the mainstream narrative, and I fear what the Democrats that, that now control the Senate and the Congress are going to say is – we don't care about you. We don't care. We, we, you know, screw you. The, the, the public, not, we're not answering to the public anymore. I don't, but again, to. Timmy, I don't think it's a Democratic problem. I think those fucking all, people are so fucking out of touch with, with what goes on in this country, the pain people feel, and they live their bullshit life. And, they, and we just watched it over the course of the last 90 days. You stay home. I'll fly to Mexico and, and, and marry my daughter. You stay home. I'm yeah. going Dr. F- Dr. Burks. I'm going to go and invite my grandchildren and my daughter, my son-in-law. Even though I told everybody else not to do this, I'm going to fucking do it. Right? Gavin Newsom. And it's and right. over and over and over again. In my opinion, the ruling class of this country is, first of all, they don't know leadership at all, which right. is selfless and puts others before themselves. They would never eat in the back of the fucking chow hall. Shit, no. they're young. They're not even close to the demographic that COVID is fatal, and they're lining up to get their own fucking COVID shots, right? Yeah. That's not what leaders would do. they go to the hey. back of the fucking line. And so, to me, it, it, it's not a democratic thing. It is those, no, those fucking people there, they don't fucking get it. Right. And, yeah. And, no, I I agree because I'm, I'm I'm I like the ruling class because I don't I don't think I'm a Republican myself. But here's the thing about the four of us: 
we've met these people. We know that a lot of them are very <laughs> mediocre individuals, that there's nothing impressive about some of these representatives at all. And we know this because we've seen them in the wild where they're not being protected by the press and, and whatnot. And now it used to be that you could walk into this to, to the Russell building or to the to the to the uh, the congressional offices and walk right up to your congressman's office and knock on the door and somebody would see you and treat you politely because that yeah. was the thing that we had access to our representatives. That's gone. That those people are going to be more isolated now than they ever were before and and uh, and surrounded by goons with guns and it's not a very American look. Yeah, Jeff, your thoughts on the violence? Well. Um, yeah, it's like uh, you ask yourself, you know, you go through all the stuff that you laid out about, uh, you know, the hypocrisy of the uh, the leadership class, so to speak, in regards to, you know, the COVID uh, regulations and stuff. So you, you take that. That's just that's recently and ongoing. But before that, you had, you know, the uh, as soon as President Trump got inaugurated, they're trying they're running, the you know, the, the Mueller investigation. And when it comes out. Mueller investigation later on the you know the uh, Ukraine thing there's all based on nothing and uh, as a matter of fact th they come out with testimony from uh, the notes of FBI agents in the White House that President Obama and you know and to include Joe Biden were all in there talking about how can we get this guy well you know uh, well let's try the Logan Act and everything and and then so there well let me tell you even there. even worse it, even worse is the report that Clapper briefs Obama yeah. that this is the, in September yeah. before the election that well, this is a yes. a democratic attempt by Hillary Clinton to tie Trump to Russia in order yeah. to throw the scent off. Uh, you know, her email server right. that supposedly so, Clapper briefs the president right. and yet all this shit goes on anyway. So you bring it down to the violence of yesterday. And what happens is these people, no matter, and then you, you have an election where you, you go to vote and they tell you you already voted or they, or, you know, you, they tell you, you got to use this, this other type of, you know, ballot because you already voted. Well, I didn't vote. Well, you know, here's an emergency. So, so uh, this thing happened. This happens to hundreds of thousands of people. There's all kind of dead people voting. There's all kind of, and then there's rumors about stuff which are believed because enough people actually witnessed themselves and had it happen to them. Things like this, and so you, eventually you, you think, what can I do? I mean, the FBI won't investigate things that are baldly, you know, in the open admitted to. The, the Department of Justice says, well, there's no evidence here. Stuff that I saw. What, what's your recourse? Who can you go to for justice? You know, I mean, that you get to where you have more of a provocation for violence than than they did in Lexington and Concord over, you know, over taxes for tea and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, you, it's not so much that how did this happen? It's like, how did it not happen sooner? Talk, uh, talk about the president. President's role in all this, Will. Yeah, if... Uh so it's obviously not a normal president. So you, you, it's it's hard to contextualize it as if it was normal. If you if you read what he put out on Twitter and you listen to his words, um, he said the things you're supposed to say. Yeah, uh, he told people go home, be peaceful, uh, etc. Um, but it doesn't matter, right? Um, and let me just go back to one thing about about the the violence and the narrative on this. Uh, so I, I don't watch the news, right? I don't, I don't watch any news on TV. 
I'm here at my parents' house. My dad had Fox on. And Dana Perino said something that struck me. She says, you know, I love Washington, D.C. A lot of those people yesterday, politicians, agree with her. They love Washington, D.C. So I was obviously a concentration camp guard in my previous life. And that's why I, I did three tours in the Pentagon. I hate Washington, D.C. I hate Washington, D.C. And this event yesterday struck those people who love Washington, D.C. I think a hell of a lot more than the rest of the people in flyover country who really are sort of benign about Washington, D.C. And anyone who's got any intelligence hates Washington, because Washington, D.C., is not what our country is. It's what our country has become, unfortunately. So this is going to be more of it. You know, what can President Trump do? It doesn't matter if he would have gone out there on the barricade himself to push back. Uh, He still would have been vilified. And uh, that's that's part of the narrative. And this and this is what I said is key about if we're going to see something about Biden, can he restrain the absolute wackos on his side of the political divide? Because if he can't, he won't be able to. Uh, no. no. And so there'd be no outreach to the disaffect and the disaffected, the disaffected wackos on the right. Some of those showed up yesterday, but just a whole lot of disaffected people. No, but they were, the, they were, but you, we all know they weren't the ones that we're afraid of. Let me just tell you, yeah. one one human being with an AR fill in the blank, right? Yeah. One human being from this country that goes into that. Yeah. I got more firepower in my car than was on display yesterday. Um, so, but if if Biden does not truly try to reach out to the disaffected people, 75% of the Republican voters in Georgia said the election was wrong. Then, okay, and so now all the Republican leadership is pretty well bankrupt. Who is going to reach out to those people? Who's going to corral them? And what are we going to see them do? I don't know if Trump is going to be in a position to do that in the future. But uh, what he's got nothing to lose now. Basically, everyone on TV, in the news, etc., has said he's the worst American in the history of the republic. Maybe he says, fuck you, I'll show you something different. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Um, All right, let me get Timmy in here. Timmy, your thoughts, Pre- President Trump yesterday. Oh, hold on. He was t- I, almost, I almost did it. I almost did it. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. You were typing, so I, I shut your mic off. Oh, no, I, I, I shut my mic off, too, because I uh, thought I had. I'm sorry about that type of bullshit. Uh, hey, uh, Pre- President Trump uh, yesterday, not his finest hour. It's, it's just not. Nothing that he could have done would have made it his final hour. His, the, the results are preordained as soon as any kind of, uh, of lack of control occurred during this, uh, this rather peaceful protest. I think he's been one of the most effective presidents of my lifetime. I would have preferred he didn't tweet so much. I would have preferred a little bit of a different persona. But the reason I supported him was there, too. One was he wasn't a politician. And two was he seemed to actually care 
for America the way I do, the way I thought Ronald Reagan does. I don't think that others do. Maybe the Bushes, maybe not. I have my doubts. And that's just my opinion. You know, it's just the way I feel. So I, I, I'm afraid that, that, that Trump's performance yesterday, no matter what he did, was going to damn him to a, a more obscurity as these office. And it was the worst possible outcome we could have had, particularly after this weeks and weeks and weeks of the Kraken and the this and the that. There's enough about the election to make it very seem very curious, but unfortunately, we never got the 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 the, the silver bullet, you know. And so, and so now Trump is going to leave in disgrace, and he doesn't deserve it. He's earned our respect and our gratitude, and he's not going to get it. Jeff, yeah, I don't. There's no disgrace in Donald Trump at all. Okay, and the way I see it, not at all. He's the best president I've ever seen in my lifetime. I mean, he's even better than Ronald Reagan. And, uh, yeah, he's blustery. Yeah, he's not, uh, you know, people who say, well, he's, I wish his manner was different. What do you want, a fucking king? I just want a guy who does the job. I don't need somebody I need. I can worship and shit. You know, I don't need that crap anymore. Finally, somebody who gives a shit. And as far as I'm concerned, everybody since Ronald Reagan has been scumbags on both sides. And, uh, you know, at varying degrees. Starting with George H.W. Bush all the way through to, to Obama. And I met, like you guys are saying, like Tim was saying, personally met. I met Obama, and he ain't impressive at all. He's the first mulatto president, you know, and uh, he knows how to appear before TV. You see him in person, he ain't shit. You know, you see Trump in person, that's a guy, you know. And so I, I think that, uh, you know, this guy's got nothing to be ashamed of. And I think if he wants to come back in four years, I'm there with him. And because, as Tim said, this is a guy who gives a shit about the things I give a shit about, you know. Yeah. I mean, all bullshit aside, you know, I don't, I don't really give us, I don't really care about all these people. It's so obvious, you know, that uh, that you guys, what you guys are saying about Dana Perino's, you know, attitude towards this thing. You're exactly right. They're all, you know, frightened and angered because their citadel of horseshit was actually shaken, but it should be shaken and torn the fuck down. Because none of it, as Tim was saying, you know, I read this story by Gore Vidal or an article, but he's, his uncle was a, you know, was a senator. When he was a little kid, he used to walk right in there and sit, sit there with his uncle while his uncle's, you know, while, while sessions were going on, like in the 50s. You could do that. Now, forget mm -hmm. it. You know, they use they used things like 9-11 and, uh, and now this COVID thing to take away our freedoms and isolate themselves for us, from us, like a, you know, like a, a like some kind of twisted version of Plato's you know, Plato's uh, Republic, where, where the whole thing is run by a, by acknowledged elite. But the truth is they're not elite. They're just scumbags who figured out a way to use the government, you know, to get over on us. That's it. Yeah, I, I would, uh, I don't think it was yesterday, uh, this is an understatement, was his finest hour. I, I think the speech he gave incited, made a situation that was going to be not very good. I think it made it worse. And then I think him being slow you know, ultimately, I don't think he wanted to ask the networks for shit. So he put something out on Twitter uh, that was weak, in my opinion. And I think he made things worse yesterday. And uh, I have a question for you. Do you think that, uh, do you think that he will, uh, will, do you think he'll, he will uh, finish his term or do you think he'll be removed? Oh, there, there's not enough time. It's 13 days. Uh you, you know, what is the process? How, do, how does that actually even work? Does anybody, anybody know the mechanics of the 25th Amendment? Yeah, uh, well, 
Do you no, know? Do you know how it? Do you know how it happens? Will says there's not enough time. I mean, I mean, you know, the cabinet. I, I think that there has to be. Uh, I, I read up on it several months ago, um, but you you have to remove for like uh, mental uh, incompetence type of thing. You know, I don't because they don't like the guy. Um, I, don't, I, I think that's listen. If they do that between now and the twentieth, stand by. I mean, that's just that is as Tim has talked about many times. You know, that's just pure humiliation. There, um, that that would be beyond insanity, I think. But I would, you know, most of the things this year have been beyond insanity. So what the hell do I know? It deals with issues related to presidential succession and disability. It clarifies blah 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 blah. So it's it's designed for disability. Of the president. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like Woodrow Wilson. Like Woodrow Wilson, his last year in office. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Um, okay. The uh, So the process, I, I don't even know what the process would be in terms of, does it say it here? Um, ratification, analysis. Yeah. I, I, hey, I, Mac, I got that I meeting. Sorry to interrupt. I got that meeting. I got to go, man. Right. Uh, okay. You guys have a good day. Talk to you later. All right. See, See you, Jeff. Hurrah. Hurrah. Um, all right. Final uh, final thoughts. Will, you got a final thought? Uh, well, uh, let's, uh, before you give a final thought, the future. Um, do you see this thing getting, is this the, uh, is this the bottom or do we go lower no. in terms of violence and other shit? No, for this to be the bottom would mean that there were thoughtful leaders uh, on both sides who would know uh, how to compromise and repair. So this is not this is not nearly right. the bottom because we don't have that. Uh, I think there are. I had some somebody tell me there. interesting. Interesting. Well, I had somebody tell me yesterday. They said, you know. The, the worst part is they don't even see it. They're not even capable yeah. of it. That's the most disturbing well, I, part of it, about what you just said. I think, interestingly, a guy like Tom Cotton, right? Harvard Law grad, 9-11 hits, joins the Army, uh, serves, goes back, and is elected. And I've seen some of the stuff he said. And there, he, he understands what leadership is. Right. But there's not a coalition of those type of people. And on the other side, I, I haven't paid a lot of attention, but there's not a name that comes to mind that has that sort of, I would just call stature. Um, and so, and, and obviously the, the incoming president uh, doesn't have that. I mean, he's been a political hack for 40 years. Right. And so I think that they will... Uh, they see advantage now and they're going to strike while they see advantage. Uh, and that is only going to be adding fuel to the fire. And this may be like the Western forest fires, right? The Western forest fires are so bad because we just let the fuel build up and the fuel build up and the fuel, we didn't thin out and we didn't thin out the forest and the way they could thin out the forest now would be to be compromised on significant issues but they won't. So that fuel is going to build up. Uh, and 
uh, it'll blow and it'll blow with people with real weapons that how many people went to Washington, D.C. yesterday to go to the Stop the Steel rally with violence in their hearts? It wasn't 10 percent. I don't know if it's 5 percent. I don't know if it's 1 percent. Yeah. I would doubt what it. Happens when, what happens when you have a rally when 25 percent or 50 percent of the people go there with violence in their hearts? Stand by. So, so your prediction right is, is is because of this, what I call the disconnect, and that is the people are elected. Uh, I don't like to wor- use the word leaders. Our elected officials, right? Uh, media that's taken aside and doesn't concern itself with the truth. Big technology that's thrown in with them, Google. Big social media that's thrown in with them. The frustration of the uh, of the pandemic and the economic fallout of that. Uh, this the watching the summer of riding and knowing that violence does work, and now the election yeah. on top of that. So, and 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 the cherry on top of all that is the inability of of our political, uh, our elected leaders to effectively deal with the frustration in the nation because they won't compromise. They're just looking to use it for political gain. That that will send this us further into the depths relative to this. Yeah, I mean, Mac, you know, I just, so where I am personally right now, you know, um, I'm not employed. COVID has prevented that, but I I don't need to work. I'm in reasonably good health. Uh, I'm up here visiting my parents. My mom had a little health emergency I'm helping out with. It's not easy for me to, it's not hard for me to project someone a little bit different in my shoes that doesn't have that financial backing and has got uh, other family members. And, uh, you know, the COVID restrictions prevent you from in, from being involved in the hospital. Uh, and so anyone who's had someone be in the hospital for an extended period of time knows that you have to be there to supervise the hospital and to advocate. Uh, oh, yeah. The frustration builds and builds and builds. And I have, because I don't have other factors, I can deal with it. But I got to tell you something. There's there's millions of people out there that have those other comorbidities, one might say. Maybe a little slight addiction problem. Inability to hold that job. Well, and a, Family and, and, and a, significant distress. And a mental health issue, right? Yeah, family in significant distress. And if they had access to the firearms that I have in my gun safe, stand the fuck by. Yeah, I could. Uh, That guy in Las Vegas is going to be considered a minor leaguer. Right. I could could go kill myself, but why don't I just let the cops kill me while while I make a statement about the things that are pissing me off? And I don't want to. You know, and let me tell you, that's not a reach. Just so everybody knows. No, no. That's not yeah, a reason. This is this, this is I, I I don't think that any of us here are encouraging it, look forward to it, etc. But again, yesterday was completely predictable. There was a, there was a range of things that were going to happen yesterday. And this was this wasn't even in the middle of the range. This was the low end of the range. And these boneheads couldn't even prevent that. So the idea that people are shocked by what happened yesterday. You people are ignorant or, 
it's just part of the narrative. I mean, when it when a big one comes, yeah, this is again. I was in Sarajevo, January first, nineteen ninety six. Modern city, 12 years before, hosted the Winter Olympics. The center of everything media in the world in 1984 was Sarajevo. 12 years later, people were dying of lockjaw because they couldn't get a tetanus shot because of the violence that had ripped that place apart. And you see a modern city destroyed by violence? Yesterday was shit. They would have, they would have taken that 100 times out of 100. You see every single building barricaded, burned down, tipped over, uh, no-go zones, checkpoints, really scruffy-looking guys carrying AKs all over the place. That's what violence looks like. And it happened to the center of the media universe in 1984 by 1996, unlivable place. You think it can't happen here? I pray. I pray. But don't be complacent and be a leader and reach out and compromise and figure out or use this to your supreme advantage. Never let a crisis go to waste and push those people all the way down and see how they react. Right. We're going to see. Right. I don't, I, I don't have any faith that, that they have the capacity to do the right thing. I, I think the, I think this gets worse to me. Uh, your thoughts on the violence? Does it get worse? Well, you know, going going behind Will forces me into the Nightingale position. So <laughs> let me just expound a little bit there. Uh, I, I I think that everything Will was talking about will manifest itself with if rapidly we have a few things. Statehood for Puerto Rico, statehood for the D.C., an increase in the number of justices to the Supreme Court. Basically, the three moves that put the Democrat into the uh, a position where they'll never be defeated nationally again. I think that it's entirely possible they will attempt to do that, and I don't think it's going to go over that well. There's a few things. There's, there's good. You're going to have to draw a line in the sand, and and uh, I don't know how you would react to that, but I know sitting in complacency and just shaking your head and saying, "Oh well, we'll get we'll get them next time at the next election." That's no longer an option because elections don't matter anymore. We can't trust. I don't trust elections. Don't. don't what are you talking about? No, no, no. We're we're on a precipice. We're on a precipice, and uh, and and I had to make even even me. My big decision today was: Do I go down and stand in line at Academy Sports because they got pistol ammo in this morning, oh. or do I do the podcast? I'm trying to sit there and figure out what's more important. You know, I mean, it's come to that. It's weird to be. To, it's weird. It's just friggin' weird. That's I, it's not Tim. I, I can can't tell you how disappointed I am in you that you're oh, actually in a position where you need to buy ammunition. I, I know if I bought that up, it's a new caliber. I didn't. I never had nine mils. Oh, okay. I, I got a nine right. mil. So I, I have a, a little bit of an excuse. I've got thousands of forty-five rounds, bro. I'm good there. Okay. All right. Yeah. It, Just if, a new caliber. If, if it all. comes and you can make your way to the Kansas City suburbs, I can typically supply uh, at least a couple of rifle companies. Oh, dude, you've got a neighbor over in Lee's Summit that was at a front site uh, firearms instructor with me. He's got to have several thousand. You two should link up, in fact. That guy's a good, <laughs> good marksman and a serious gun nut. His wife is, too. They're freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Keith Bowman. Keith um, Bowman. Let me good read man. You, let me read you a text message. Uh, Mac, ask the gentleman. He's referring to you, you people, just so you guys know, with that word. <laughs> 
if Trump could ever come back from this politically in the future? Will? Well, the, the people that are for Trump, the true people for Trump, uh, haven't lost any uh, of their enthusiasm for him. The people who are against him are completely against him. As Jeff said, I don't know who are in the middle. Right. So, no, I mean, and, and, you said that in what October? Like, who the hell still needs to be convinced? Who's who's sitting on the fence, right? Yeah, and and, like, and I think doing? I we talked about this before. You know, I've been voting in presidential elections since 1984. I've voted enthusiastically twice in my life: once Reagan '84, and once tr- Trump 2020. I didn't enthusiastically vote for him in '16. I did not enthusiastically vote for the Bushes, for Bob Dole. For Mitt Romney, I did because I thought they were obviously the lesser or worse, all, worse alternatives. And that's how I thought of Trump in 16. In 2020, I enthusiastically voted for the guy. Uh, and my enthusiasm uh, hasn't waned. I don't think most of the people on his side has. So can he come back from it? I mean, look, part of it, the guy's what? How old is he? I don't know. 74, um, 74 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, how in that, in that how much how much is the current the, the next administration going to go after him? And they're not going to they're going to do a little bit in the headline, but I I suspect you know the Southern District of New York is going to be digging. Uh, they're going to be digging on his kids. You know they use that. There'll be some leverage there. I don't know if he's vulnerable to those kinds of things or not. Um, but if they get a sense that he's rallying. Uh, the troops, I I think that, and, and it won't be directed from the White House. Everyone knows in that administration what they're going to want to do. Uh, and I think it'll be challenging uh, for them. Look, no one in the Republican Party wanted him in 2016. No one's going to want him in 2024. That doesn't mean shit. It's, so the answer, you know, is, yes. the, the answer is yes, he can. He can. I believe he can. I, I would say the other thing, too. Think of every presidential election four years before the election. Could you name the two candidates? Never. Uh, m- maybe 1976, you could name Reagan and Carter in 80. Carter is the incumbent. Reagan is the guy who was second in the Republican primary b- before. But it's really hard to do so who knows who's going to be running on the democratic side in 2024 got it tim will he come back from this i i don't think so i i wouldn't vote for him again and i was enthusiastic in 2016 but it seems that there's just it, it would be an introducing on purpose too much friction back into our political process in order for it to be something that is beneficial to the entire country. I like Trump's attitude. I like the way that he ridicules uh, uh, politicians. I suspect I would personally like him a lot, but I can't support him on another run. We've got to find somebody else with the same attitude without the uh, the, the baggage, which, which, which the baggage accumulated by the press, by the way. Ba- back before Trump ran for office, the press loved him. He was in rapper videos. He was fine with everybody. It was it was when he announced that he became a, a racist and a Nazi, and uh, uh, we got to find somebody else. I don't think that uh, President Trump could could uh, could assume the mantle again. Yeah, I don't, as, as much as I support. You know what? My my instinct is to agree with you, Timmy. But you know what? I you see so many people get off the canvas and they start a movement. The, I, my own opinion is the Republican Party 
can do better with Tim Scott, with Nikki Haley, people that that believe in Not the same Nikki Haley s- communist. That, that, yeah, believe, yeah, I, that I, believe in the same many of the same things but don't but don't alienate you know in my opinion he drove people away and and we can we can all say oh i hate people that say that they don't like his attitude jeff said that a little bit ago but it's the truth it's that sw- it's that swing voter that elects bill clinton then twice that elects george bush twice then elect barack that, that elects barack obama and then they elect donald trump that's that swing fucking voter, and so I don't think, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think they come back to D Trump ever. So I think he's, I think he's dead man walking politically. Um, here's a couple of text messages. Hold on. One is this has been the most insightful look at what happened yesterday and what is coming in the future. What did the Northern Cal vet say? It's about to get real. Boy, am I praying these days. Uh, yeah, again, I played that. You know, just before we started. Yeah. And uh, a Christy Nome. Uh, here's another one. Time for a third party, a Patriot Party. I, you know, I, it, it, I believe that. You know, I was thinking about this last week, but you know, to me, the Democratic Party is now going to go down, right? Um, a dark road. A dark road, and they are mm-hmm. going to alienate. I would say, like two thirds of the nation, maybe more. And, 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 I mean, imagine in your lifetime the Republican Party becoming the party of the working person. I mean, that's laughable, <laughs> I right? I mean, it, it happened, though. Right. So it, weird. It, the party well, of not only business, but of business and the working people, and the Democratic Party being the party of... Oligarchs. Yeah. Cra- you know, liberal, <laughs> you know, craziness, right? They, and can, so... Can they follow the, big the Republican Party has always been the party of working people. Not organized labor. Well, okay, all right. Working people. I respect that. There's no one that works harder than someone who owns a small business. Right, 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 right. But I would tell you now that they are the party of the laborer too. Of uh, yeah, and part of that because we don't have true organized labor in the country anymore. Right, right, right. Yeah, non-union labor. But but we but but we would never have thought that that we would ever see that day. Yet the and it's gonna and, and again. I, no, Reagan. Reagan had that coalition. It just that, you know, Bush the elder couldn't follow through because he was not that guy. Right. Reagan had the Reagan Democrats. Right. But he no, was no. on the path right. to getting the party to a place, uh, but the Republican establishment completely rejected that because they don't want to deal with the unwashed. Right. Right. Which is which at some point. Either you're going to deal with the unwashed, or you're going to deal with the unwashed, and we're getting close yeah, to they, that. We're getting close to and that. And we call the unwashed good, solid Americans. Right. And 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 I got to add something too about the Democrats and their coalition. They're you know they're representing the tech oligarchies, and what we now know about the tech business model it's 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 parasitism. It, they, they, it's labor exploding parasitism. You know, if, if, if Uber had to pay their employees like they were employees, that Uber wouldn't be making a bajillion dollars for those tech guys. The guys that are bankrolling the Democrats are not the friends of the working man or the American because they use all kinds of exploitive uh, processes to get around employing Americans, such as H-1B visas. There's a, there's a big reckoning coming. I'm feeling better about it now, as a matter of fact. I'm well, no, I, I, I would tell you that the next two years are going to be relatively unpleasant. 
Yeah. Um, and but but to me, what happened in Georgia in the election was the worst possible thing that could have happened to Joe Biden. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because Joe Biden is a centrist, you know, make my living in politics, survivor, talk out of both sides of his mouth, live to fight another day, you know, blah blah fucking blah. That's Joe Biden. He is gonna now Bernie Sanders. Right, and let me tell you, you know who just became the Bernie most. Sanders is a moderate now. <laughs> you know who just became the most powerful uh, human being in the country? No, Senator from West Virginia. Yeah, Joe Manchin. Oh, that's right, Joe, Manchin. Joe yeah. Manchin. He will decide because if he decides to throw in with the Republicans on certain issues, then guess what? The vice president doesn't need to come down to the hill. Okay. And how did he get reelected? How did he get reelected? By telling his constituents he was working with Trump. Right. right. Yeah. So he is he was now the single most powerful human being in the United States. He will decide on the agenda because if he doesn't say it goes, it doesn't fucking go. Oh, yeah, I but Matt, that's that. you're assuming you're assuming that Democrats cannot win a vote in the Senate with only forty nine votes. They could just change the rules. Say that if there's 49 right. Democrats that vote for something, it's good. I mean, oh, yeah, eliminate that the would filibuster. be on par with what's happened in the last mm-hmm. year. So eliminate the filibuster. Wait a minute, time? how do you do that? How do you, how if you lose the vote, do you win the vote? If if, if, if you, you only define, have if you define the rules. So if, if we get 40, rules, if, who knows? If we get 49, we win, even though you have 51. That's about as logical as all kinds of other stuff that have happened in the last six months. You know, you mostly peaceful protests. I'm surprised you would you would throw something like that out. Somebody like you of your August intellect would say something like that. Hey, I've heard on this radio show six months ago that Joe Biden's never going to be president. All right, who be sa- careful about your predictions. Who said that? You did. I said Joe Biden's never going to become president. You absolutely did. That was a solid prediction at the time. Just so you know. <laughs> that was money, man. <laughs> that was money. And everybody agreed. Yeah, you're right. That guy's an idiot, right? I mean, what is he going to do? Get elected, hiding in his basement? Like, how the fuck's that ever going to happen? Right? <laughs> Who's going to ever, what rubes are ever going to buy that bullshit, man? He can't even come in. Actually, not very many people did. <laughs> but that doesn't matter either. Yeah, that's the, and that's, that's the thing. That's exactly right, Will. Most people didn't buy it, but he still got elected. Go figure. Um, here's another, here's another email. Mac, have you seen anything on who pulled the trigger that shot that woman and why? I have not. I've heard. I, I saw, I saw a tape of it. I've heard the most detailed analysis I saw of it was it was, there was Capitol police officers standing adjacent to her and somebody fired through a door and they thought it was a, another Capitol police officer. Because uh, you can see them in uniform, and uh, they thought it was a woman. So the, that, that that's the most detailed analysis I have. Um, somebody sent that to me earlier. I do not know if that's true. I, I sent you a tape of the incident, but in the time that I saw it and sent it to you, it's been removed by YouTube. She was with a group of people that was in the front of a of a of a column trying to get past a locked door and they're beating on the door, trying to break the glass to get through the glass. And one of the cops behind the door shot one round and hit her right in the face. In the and, face. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, in the neck, I believe, is where she got, is what I, I hold. But I, you can't see that because the, the guy filming's behind her. But you could see clearly she, she wasn't through the window. She wasn't even one of the ones breaking the glass. But the, um, th that, is a, that is a use of force that had it been in an Antifa situation or, or a BLM situation, the cop firing that would, would right now be a wait in execution, as we have seen before. No, no, no let me just get, tell you, be nothing now. that is the legacy of this past summer. That yeah. if the and that was not a lethal force encounter situation. There's no way you could justify shooting around with a bunch of people just trying to get through a locked door in the Capitol that are not rampaging and burning or doing anything else. They would have never have done that with BLM riders. Never. It'll be interesting to see what happens to him or her if they will be prosecuted for murder. Well, they will not. Absolutely. Well, I don't know. I guess they could be, but come on. You know it's not going to happen. You'll never hear who it was. It's a secret. Security. We <laughs> we shall see. All right, final thoughts. Uh, after everything you saw yesterday and everything you've heard this morning about, you know, everybody, you know, wringing their hands and saying how awful this was. And let me tell you what, it was. To see assholes running around the Capitol, putting their feet up and all that, I mean, that's just, I mean, to me, it pisses me the fuck off. Oh, like, yeah. I got it, demonstrate and all that kind of shit. But at the end of the day, it needs to be peaceful, Right. You don't have to go, you don't have to, you shouldn't be doing that kind of shit, right? I mean, and so I, I, I don't minimize what those assholes did yesterday. And, and, and so my thought is that, look, if the laws of this country aren't important and they don't appear to be for dis various district attorneys around the nation, only selective laws are, uh, are important and only selectively applied. When the rest of the nation finds that shit out, stand by. As you've heard. And and it seems like the rest of the nation has been taking fucking notes. Because yesterday, not too many people, right, got loose at the Capitol. So, William, final thought? Um, yeah, it, it's interesting to me because I, I've been reading some of this ancient history uh, in the last six months. And uh, all this stuff rhymes. It's not a repetition, yeah. yeah. But all this stuff happened between the Greeks and the Persians, and the Greeks and the Greeks, and the Greeks and the Egyptians, and the Greeks and the Romans. And you can see, uh, you can use that as as a predictor, but also as a as a way to uh, not do things in the future, and a way to solve problems in the future. And unfortunately, we're not educated that way. I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm sort of relearning this stuff now. Um, but you can see in the political leadership the exact reflection of, of people from ancient Greece. And by seeing what they did, you can see what we're going to do. Uh, and I, it's not that I'm pessimistic, although I, I am almost all the time. Um, I think I just got a reasonably good understanding human nature and i think that they're going to fuck this thing up uh in ways that it's even hard for us to predict and then we're going to look over the precipice and determine are we going to are we going to fall off this cliff or not and what jerks us back from that i don't know uh who jerks us back from i don't think you can predict um it and the other thing is for 90 what, 97% of Americans, 
it's actually not going to personally touch you. But you're going to see it every day. I mean, in the suburbs of Kansas City, I don't think that there's going to be rampaging through the streets, et cetera. But it is going to touch you. And it and it uh, it's annoying, it's humiliating, it's all those things. Um, but how are we going to react to it? I don't have faith that we will react well as a as a ruling class. I don't have any faith. So um, I I wanted to take away any of Tim's uh, optimism. Was that Got good it. enough? Got it. Got it. Timmy, final <laughs> final thought. There is no reason to despair, my friends. It's going to be an amusing year of overreach, I feel, by the Democrats. But the utility of what Will just said about, about reading your history to get, get you know, to see the rhyme, when you read your history and you understand the nuances of why things became the way they are, because nothing's ever black and white, you're better able to parse through the information coming at you today and figure out what's got the potential to be legit and, and what doesn't. I, I think it's a great utility, that a great service that we all do by promoting this reading of history, because I'm a big believer in it. But they're gonna, there's going to be a backlash. How severe? I'm not sure. But for the exact same reasons that Will's talking about, which is the arrogance of the ruling party, thinking that, 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 that they've got a, a unique understanding of mankind that we don't for some reason. No, that's going to be hubris. Hubris will be the, uh, the instrument of their downfall. And it will be amusing. So there's no reason for despair. There's every reason to laugh. My God, every time Joe Biden comes on the television, how is that not going to be funny? How? how? It's impossible. <laughs> he, It'd be hysterical. He is gonna, the he is shit he'll say, come on, man, this is going to be fun. It's going to be a good year. <laughs> just, just stock up on your ammo. Keep your training, you know, because uh, cause I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I see nothing but overreach. And the overreach will produce a backlash. And we'll see what happens after that. But I think the days of, you know, we swing left, we swing right, we go back to the middle. Those seem to me to be over because ain't nobody in the middle talking to anybody else on either side. There's no middle guys anymore, you know, like those old damn drunks from Boston. What the hell was that guy's name? Rostenkowski or uh, whoever. But, you know, back in the good old days. He was from Chicago. Or Tip O'Neill. Tip Tip O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah, Rostenkowski was another one. Those guys were famous because they were reasonable and got deals done and were effective. That's why I remember them. They were deal makers. There was no doubt about that. Criminals, but but what the hell are they all? (laughs) You know what? We would rather have criminals who make deals and compromise, right, than criminals who don't make deals and don't compromise and alienate people. I think it's exactly. it's bad business. All right. The uh, I you know I I would just sadly I mean I um I don't there's not the human capital that you know in our nation's capital that is uh that is capable of nice reaching a, uh, uh, of reaching across and 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 compromising and 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 coming up with with solutions that give Americans confidence that people get it. I mean, I think that, you know, do you think that, that people are going to look into the elections and we're going to see hearings about, hey, could you explain what happened? You know, can we see that in public or will they just say, no, we won the election. Fuck you. You know, I heard uh, I heard Marco Rubio talking about, you know, election reform. And he said, you know, after the thing happened with the hanging chads down in Florida, you know, Florida, we took a, a hard look at the way we elect in our system and we reformed it. And the nation should really take a look at what Florida's done. 
because the people of Florida now have confidence in our election. And, and, but will we see that? I don't know. And again, because of that, you know, I think flawed leadership, um, um, you're going to see more of this. This is not going to be the last time it happens. And, you know, you can only hope that when it does happen, a lot of people don't die because it's not going to take three or four people armed with semi-automatic weapons and a shit ton of ammunition to go and kill a lot of people. And nobody, and, and nobody wants to see that. But let me tell you, that seems to be the direction of the nation. And again, we've talked about how militaries reform themselves. And the answer to that is they don't. They get reformed when somebody fucking kicks their ass and their nation ceases to exist. And mm-hmm. so I, don't, I would apply that to our political leaders. They're incapable of self-reform. Reform only comes out of you know, violence, bloodshed, rioting, and destruction. That's how reform comes. And so I, I hate to say it, but I think you're going to see more of that in the future. So anyway, mm-hmm. all right, well, um, any big plans for the day? Will, you're, you're uh, hanging out at home up in uh, upstate New York. What's the weather like in New York? Nice. It's uh, typical New York in January. I think it's not been above 35, below 25. And it's precipitated every day that I've been here for 12 days. And that so would be it's lovely upstate New York weather. That would be precipitated snow type stuff? Some snow, some freezing rain, Ooh. some sleet, Ooh. a little bit of rain. And I'm not sure there's anything else, but it's we've had all those. That's called a wintry mix, in case you don't know. That's when it, it happens at the same time. You get wintry yeah. mix. There yeah, We get some of those distinctly, some of them together. Yeah, it's all over the place. Do you get the bu- do you get the lake effect snow, the, that real heavy snow that like they get in Buffalo? Yeah, they do up here. Uh, it's uh, usually it's figure we're about I want to say we're about a hundred and twenty or thirty miles south of Lake Ontario, maybe a little bit further up in Syracuse, where they're about fifty sixty miles south. When they get when a, when a storm tracks right down the lake. That's when it piles up like eight feet in Buffalo, six yeah. feet in Syracuse, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. When those storms would happen when I was a kid, we'd get the two to three feet type of thing when they would get that big lake effect up there. That's yeah, just a, so that's you know, enough. that's still a lot of snow <laughs> just for the road. Oh, yeah. Two to three big feet. Time. Yeah. yeah two, they had uh, a month or two weeks ago, uh, funny, south of here, they had four feet of snow. My parents only got like a foot and a half. So it was a nor- nor'easter that came up. I don't ever remember getting four feet in one setting when I was a kid. There are many times we had more than four feet in the yard, but it had built right. up. Right. Um, that's a lot of freaking snow. And, you know, <laughs> uh, in Kansas we have winter. But this winter just – this winter here, it sucks because it's every day in your face, unrelenting. Um, Hardy people. Anyway. Yeah, they are. Either that or they got something wrong with them. I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> or a combination thereof. Timmy, what's the weather like? What are you doing today? 75 degrees, sunny, uh, no humidity. This, this, this is why, why, this is yeah, why, this is we, why we have winter That's Texas. why you live in South Texas. That's why we live in South oh, Texas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, at this time of year. Yeah, in, right. in the summertime, it's no bueno. But, uh, right. but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's delightful. I'm going to go rolling down the valley to the University of Texas and pick up my goddamn graduate account uh, uh, graduate statistics book and the other stuff i gotta take another sociology class too 
And those are difficult because I don't tend to agree with much of what, what the textbooks say. Yeah. There you go. I'm, uh, I got those nuances. It, it rhymes. I'm headed to Camp Lejeune next week to speak all week. And Colleen's going with me. I'm excited about that. Sweet. She's never That's accompanied cool. me. Yeah, she's going to go with me. And uh, so we're going to travel together, which will be fun. And uh, and then she's going to stay with my daughter-in-law and my grandson while I go off and work every day. So I'm excited about that. And then I'm, 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 what, what unit are you going to? Tumef, headquarters battalion. Uh, I used to be the MEF headquarters group, but they've done some restru- stuff. Now they have a headquarters battalion at the MEF, like the division has. And then they have another, they call it what, the MIG, the, the MEF intelligence group that has radio battalion, intel battalion, Anglico, and some other cats and dogs in there. Mm. Calm and stuff like that. So, yeah, the reorganization of the Marine Corps, stuff like that. But, no, I'm excited. I'll tell you what, I mean, I had a, I had a conversation with the kid last night. Um, you know, and, and again, um, we should have a, we should, we should have a conversation about leadership in the Marine Corps, because I, I will tell you, man, it's not, it's not great. It's not great. It's, it's not adequate. And, you know, and, and, you know, the, the impact of the pack order on our staff and CO community that was already struggling has made them, uh, turn it into a business. Uh, and so, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do anything that's gonna get me in trouble. So fuck you. Right now, tell me if this surprises either one of you. Thirty percent of first-term enlistees do not reach their EAS. Thirty percent, all-time high for the Marine Corps. I think. Yeah, and that's that it is was never that near that. Un, yeah, never that is that. unsustainable. Right. I, I think we were at seventeen percent, eighteen percent when General Krulak went to general quarters on it. Thirty percent. It it breaks the force right. first from the inside because you got to recruit and plate and and replace, but then as an operating force, uh, we have enough churn with recruiting thirty five thousand and integrating thirty five thousand new Marines in every year. Imagine an operating force unit that's losing twenty twenty five percent thirty percent of your first termers every year. You, you have no huge combat effectiveness um, issue right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's unsustainable. Right, right, right. And, and so I'm talking to a kid, and he grows up. His mom dies of cancer when he's six. His dad and sister are drug addicts. Um, somehow or other, I mean, I mean, he's a miracle, right? He joins the Marine Corps in, the, in growing up in that environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, his dad dies when he's 17. Uh, his sister is on life support right now. Uh, she's been homeless and a drug addict, uh, and he's the only one. He's you know he's her only relative, so he has to take care of whatever needs to be taken care of, even though he hasn't seen her in two years, right? And uh, and he's struggling. And and Marine calls me and said, "Hey Matt, could you talk to a friend of mine? He's really struggling. You know, everything that he's ever been around in his life has turned to shit." And yeah, this uh, is like that guy in Hillbilly Elegy. Is that, I've never, I haven't seen that, but, but I mean, and, and so, and they don't realize they're, I mean, dude, you're a fucking miracle. You, I know you don't know that. I know you don't look at it, but look, you're not supposed to fucking be here. And then when I get done with the conversation and I'll probably have lunch with them tomorrow, um, I'm thinking, why the fuck am I doing this? Where is the fucking... You know, where is the sergeant? Where is the staff sergeant? 
that that fucking sits this kid down and says, "Hey, man, let me talk to you." You know, and he's that. And I another kid told me that you know he, you know he was came you know typical shit right goes home, family shit show, he gets drunk, comes back and he's fucked up. And so he sits down and talks to his fire team leader and a squad leader and tells him, "Hey, I, you know I'm struggling." And the squad leader gets up and walks out, doesn't say a fucking word. And you could tell he was like devastated by it. Here, here I did what I thought I was supposed to do. Guy didn't even didn't even acknowledge me. Now I don't know all the background on that, but uh, we need we should probably have a little bit of a roundtable on leadership. And man, I mean, it's uh, I I would tell you after now this is the th- start of the third year of doing this for me. Uh, suicide is a leadership problem. So, and uh, I know some people disagree with me, but I don't give a fuck. Um, these these young people who join the Marine Corps have a lot of shit in their in the junk in their trunk when they come in. We don't know it. We don't even ha- we don't have any fucking idea. Our leaders don't. And then we treat them like shit. And then we're shocked. We're shocked when they kill themselves. And uh, but let me just tell you, they're inspiring. And 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 we all know. When you give a fuck about them, they will do anything. They'll fight anybody. They'll steal anything, right? They'll do anything because that's they came looking for that kind of leadership when they joined. But so anyway, um, yeah, I'm excited to go back. Uh, I might wind up staying longer. I'm not sure. Uh, there's some things that are being negotiated that uh, that uh, haven't been resolved yet. So, but uh, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited, and and also. The other fun thing is doing it at the company level. I mean, even though I have to do it more often, um, you know, you get a chance to have more interaction and see them and talk to them and whatnot. And that's pretty cool too. So, so at some point, William and Tim, you guys both have to come see it at some point. And, yeah, uh, no doubt. Yeah. Anyway, no right. doubt. we'll figure it out. All right. How much, uh, you have any idea how long you're going to be up in New York? Will? Uh, I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to be able to go home on Saturday. Um, gotcha. things here were not good for a while. I think we're okay. Uh, now my mom's home, um, good support here. And, uh, so I'm probably going to go home on Saturday and I might be on standby. We'll see how things go. Got uh, come back. All right. We'll travel safe. Tim, good luck on your journey yeah. today. And, uh, thanks for the visit Thank you, guys. Sir. You bet. Yeah. There you have it. The, uh, the Mensa brothers here on a, uh, Thursday. Um, yeah, if you were looking for you know optimism and and a, and a rosy prediction of the future, probably came to the wrong event. But uh, again, but again, we've been talking about these things for a while, and that that this kind of stuff, something like this, would happen. Uh, in the last twenty minutes, the president has tweeted that uh, he would. Uh, That, you know, he's committed to an orderly transition, blah, 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 blah. Well, I don't know that he's capable of it, honestly. <laughs> Just like we, we were talking about, they're not capable of seeing the problem. And and uh, he he's not capable of doing anything orderly, in my opinion. Right. Um, again, fan of the policies. Him as a, uh, as a leader... I mean, is there somebody that can do what he does, be as um, uh, 
without all the other shit? Is that person out there? So, we will see. We will see. We will see. But um, thanks for listening on a Thursday. And uh, depending on what happens today, they may be back tomorrow. Or you may hear the chef and Greg Lotus. Uh, depends what happens today. So it's been a, uh, a Mensa week. Uh, next week, uh, kind of difficult for me to do as I'm uh, speaking so much. But uh, I will be here in some way, shape, or form. And maybe, uh, maybe have them with me as well. So we shall see what happens here. Um, kind of play it by ear. So have a great day. Uh, don't be afraid to help somebody. It's a, it's a good business to be in. So on a Wednesday, All Marine Radio.